I mean, crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Robcoms and then record our thoughts for the internet and your listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine day? I'm good. Sheltered in with my movie-appropriate daiquiris. Daggeries. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, just enjoying a nice summer day before the thunderstorms hit. What about uh, you? Yes. Uh, I am uh, staying cool in my apartment. Um, it is real muggy outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I'm drinking water because it's so damn muggy that I can't drink enough water to stay hydrated right now. My you pee is golden you brown. said you were gonna drink. I said that, and then when my pee was golden brown, I realized if I drank that I would cramp all night. I didn't want to do that. All right, so just here, just get a shot glass, <laughs> get a gallon of water. <laughs> I'm literally drinking out of my gallon water bottle water, the gallon water bottle right now. All right, get a get like a camelback. No, not a camelback. A camel pack. <laughs> I uh, like. I, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. I'm gonna get an IV real quick. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's totally the way to go. One arm is the <laughs> is the hydration stuff, and the other arm is the alcohol. Yeah, usually you need that for a hangover, which you would totally get from the next day after a wedding. And speaking of, <laughs> oh god, that was bad. That same way we made it. All right, we made it. Through. Oh my god, the water was choppy, but we sailed on. All right, you're lucky. Sailing. I love you. Lightning crashers. It all makes sense. Oh, uh, sailing! I see what you did there. Thank you. Thank did, you. It didn't make right. it better. It didn't make it better. Shut up. <laughs> we watched Wedding Crashers for today's podcast. We have been teasing this episode yeah. for the duration of our podcast. We mentioned it previous in previous podcasts. It's finally here for you. This is kicking off what we're calling wedding season. It's wedding season, baby. <laughs> now, in the movie, they say wedding season is three weeks long. But we are not going mm. to do that. We're going to go all the way through July with wedding season. Wedding season in Oregon is basically... Middle middle to end of June, all the way through July. Sometimes they can even sneak into August. I've had friends would, get married in August. I've had friends get married in September. Very true too. I've had I had I per, I performed the ceremony of a wedding in September. Uh, nonetheless, okay. we're just going to go through July. <laughs> so this is going to be starting with this movie, wedding movies from here on through the end of July. Oh so fuck! We should have saved the wedding date. Yeah, I mean, Damn it. we of course came up with this idea after we decided that we we're doing wedding crashers today. Um, 
So like the wedding date would have made sense in this wedding season, but we've already done it. That was episode eight. I strongly urge you to listen to that one. That's a good episode. That's a good episode. It's almost two hours. Yeah, we, we spoke for almost two hours about a movie that was less than 90 minutes. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's well worth your time. You can learn you can learn about Max's uh, zip tie game experience. I think you can. We mentioned that in the last episode as well. Yeah. Did I? Did did I really? Oh my god. We we talked about the zip tie game. Um, I consistently forget how much I've actually divulged on this podcast. <laughs> well, because <laughs> you mentioned how you were you're impressed with uh, what's your cat's ability to perform while being that drunk. Oh play, fuck! Oh play. my god! That's how I segued into it. I forgot about that. Yeah, oh yeah. We go into it. So okay, yeah, totally go no. back and listen to the wedding. Please episode. don't, it's don't. Let's fantastic. take that down. <laughs> uh, but, oh my god! Yes. Yeah, so this is the beginning of wedding season. <clears throat> wedding Crashers. Uh, let's talk about the movie stats here. The Wedding Crashers is a 2005 American romantic comedy film. Directed by David Dobkin and written by Steve Faber and Bob Fisher. And it stars Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Christopher Walken, Rachel McAdams, Isla Fisher, Bradley Cooper, and Jane Seymour. And the film follows two divorce the film follows two divorce mediators who crash weddings in an attempt to meet and seduce bridesmaids and wedding guests. Female wedding guests. Um, so the movie was released nationwide July 15th of 2005. So right around this time, the summertime there. How long is the movie? And we're talking about the theatrical version, not the uncorked version, which, which is what we watch. Um, I think it's, I think I know this actually already. I think it's like two, let's right at two hours, isn't it? It is 119 minutes. So yeah, yeah. hour 59. It is a bit too long. <laughs> it's a bit long, yeah. The last yeah. every time I watch it, I think the last like half hour, I'm like, this could have been cut down. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Uh, and then the budget for the film was forty million dollars. How yeah. much did it make in the box office? Um, hundred and fifty. It made $288.5 million. Damn. Yes, it is credited with helping revive the popularity of the adult-oriented R-rated comedies. Um, another movie that came out that technically is a rom-com as well and may, we may do down the line in the same summer was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Mmm. Okay. And that's like that that's my first memory of this film is just that summer. I, I remember, I believe Anchorman came out in 04 and I remember that being really good. And then, you know, Oh five, this was coming out and I remembered Vince Vaughn from his brief mo- moments in Anchorman. And, and I've talked about my mom and my sister, Monica being kind of my rom-com guides but when it came to r-rated comedies or just like outlandish comedies like that uh in theaters my dad was the one who would take me to those films Hmm. 
So I saw a lot of R-rated comedies before, much like I saw like Cider House Rules and like I mentioned yeah. in a previous podcast. And, I, and, you know, when I was six, I saw Desperado in theaters. Uh, by the you way, always mentioned Desperado, yes. Because Selma <laughs> Hayek, God damn it, that's what we I know. Mean. We know. In fact, like in fact, she just oh wished God. today is Robert Rodriguez's birthday, and so she wished him happy birthday by showing a scene on her Instagram, and she's oh my God, <laughs> she is throwing heat in that film, just heat. Anyway. <laughs> So I swear dad, to God, I swear to God, you like script down a way to get to Selma Hayek in an episode. Every episode, like before we record, I swear to God, you're sitting there scripting this, like figuring out a way you can work Selma Hayek into the equation. Because is she deserves it. Anyway. Um, so my... My dad is the one who would take me to R-rated comedies. So I saw American Pie 2 with my dad. And that came Jesus! Out when I, that came out when I was like 13 or 14. How are you I, functional? I mean, that's why I've always felt like over shit. With like everyone, <laughs> kids are still doing kid shit. I was just like, why? Like I've always been more mature when it comes to shit like that. Like, I, my sensibilities Jesus. have always been more mature. So now, like, I'm into, you know, soon enough I'll be into, like, you know, procedurals and watching NCIS and, you know, everything else. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, Jane's Bob Strike Back, I remember watching that with my dad, and, and that came out, like, 01. Or I was, like, 13 or 14 then. Um, but this was a movie that my dad and I saw, because I was still... Um, 17 at the time and Oregon had a stupid rule or at least Salem did where you had to be 18 to see R-rated films by yourself. So um, I had to go see it with the parental guide. and so. Wait, what's the rule now? 17? Well, yeah, it was supposed to be 17 years old you can watch an R-rated movie. That was the nationwide one. That's what, you know, it says. No, it uh, okay. you know, without a parent, parental guardian, unless you're 17. Um, and then, yeah, and then or uh, Salem was just like, oh, we're going to make it 18. Because they're idiots. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember watching it, loving it immediately. And, the, and I had a lot of friends who saw it as well, and it became just what we quoted. And that, that along with The 40-Year-Old Virgin, those were the two movies that we quoted all senior year of high school. Hmm. Well, what I, I have what, or like what? What's your first memory of the film? I I have a similar but completely opposite, actually. Where I remember everyone else seeing this movie, and quoting it, and I just didn't go see it when it first came out. So then I waited for it to finally come out on DVD, and when it did, I hated it the first time I watched it. I was, it was like, it was almost like I'd been let down because everyone else had spent an entire year. That was back before DVDs came out very quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it took a long time for the DVD to come out. By that point, everyone had built it up with all their quoting and everything that like, 
when I finally watched it, it was like, eh, this isn't that good. It's not that funny. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking because every other time after that, I watched it and laughed my fucking ass off. I don't, I don't know what happened. I think like the second time I saw it was on TV at some point and I happened to watch a couple scenes and I was laughing and I was like, why did I hate this movie? Yeah. And now I fucking love it. Now it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you're not alone because on Rotten Tomatoes, let's, uh, let's have, have you have a guess? Uh, yeah, they finally get it right. Have a uh, guess at what the score is. Well, mine is always going to be higher, but I'm going to say uh, a 98 percent. Seventy-five percent. That's still pretty uh, fucking good. Yeah, uh, basically, a lot of people just say you know Vince Vaughn's hilarious, and even though the movies the the plot isn't necessarily good enough to go as long as it's the film actually is like the performances are winning and and everything else yeah um, which i i think can be attributed to something that i thought was interesting um when reading about this film a little bit yeah that uh as far as um the co-producer of the film andrew panay uh he had the idea for the film based on his own experience as a wedding crasher. And then he consulted the screenwriting team of Faber and Fisher uh, to come up with the story. And then they were not sure that a feature length film could be just wedding crashing. So they decided to add the female love interest and born of a political family because the, the screenwriters were inspired by their dream of marrying a girl from the Kennedy family. <laughs> Which is the oddest fucking dream. That's, <laughs> like, that's a weird that, fucking that's dream. So weirdly specific. I don't. But anyway, um, so yeah, it was like this guy wanted to make a wedding crashing film. The screenwriters are like, "We're not going to get ninety minutes out of that, so let's add this whole love story." And you can kind of see it in the film, like that. One thing I noticed that when they actually head to the estate after the reception, the Cleary wedding reception, it's 43 minutes into the film. And that's the upcourt version. So yeah. right around halfway, they go from wedding crashing to this rom-com. And it's almost a tale of two films. That's a good point. Um, and then the director... Uh, of the film insisted on three and a half weeks of rehearsals before filming began based on his background working in theater. So they spent 52 days filming this movie. Is that unusual? Well, movies can range in time for a comedy like this, probably get a month, maybe a little more than a month as far as filming is concerned. Like you get 30 days or so. Um, 52 is a, a lot and then also rehearsing that much three and a half weeks is very odd hmm. like uh, just rehearsing in general is tough because you have to work around schedules and everything else like that and you also have to budget for that and that's usually not the case a lot of films 
don't even bother with rehearsing or they kind of rehearse once and then film sort of like let's play this without filming it play the scene okay now i want you to do this i want you to do this and we're gonna film right right okay how they yeah um movies get a little more leeway but like they'll like because they'll uh a lot of films won't necessarily rehearse beforehand they'll just take a day to film two to three pages of script gotcha and then a film is like 90 pages um which is different than like tv filming and everything else like that Uh, okay so i felt like the rehearsing really came through because of how like well there's already improvisational talents in vince vaughn and owen wilson and a lot of those actors they're great at improv to begin with but then there's already the rehearsing so there's already this comfort of i know what the scene's supposed to be i know what i'm supposed to do as a character in this film right right. i know everything else so now let's go ahead and you know play it fast and loose because i know that if i do play it a little too loose i can always come back to what the script is because i know it so well right yeah that's a good strategy that comfort really shows through and that's what makes like just the scenes between jeremy and john so good um you know along along those lines something that i noticed was that like it's granted i don't know this for sure but i would imagine that filming a group scene you know the more people you have in a scene the harder it's going to be to get right you know because you you have more moving parts no well so a little inside uh baseball for our podcast here uh we both watched this movie this morning and we're recording this in early afternoon um i started watching it slightly before you and then you took a break in in the matter of watching it so i had to break I, to make daiquiris <laughs> yeah, exactly so as you broke like in like in all that time i was kind of, i was ahead of you i finished before you so i started re-watching it like for about 40 minutes with commentary from vince vaughn and Owen wilson mm. and they mentioned in the dinner scene where he gets jacked off under the table <laughs> why don't you try getting jacked off under the table in front of the whole damn family that's a real problem jackass <laughs> it, feel, it feels so good when you joke uh, <laughs> people people, <laughs> people. <laughs> uh, but they mentioned how they learned about filming you know and just you know because had that seed was a really long and tough shoot in and of itself because huh. it, there's so many people there and some people aren't saying anything right but you have to film it from different angles different this and different that and continuity and this and that and the other so you know having seeds with like a ton of people in it usually take the longest and in this case in this film took the longest and so um but they also mentioned how the football scene was a fun one to film because you didn't have to worry so much about continuity but there were a lot of people in it right so when they were setting up scenes for other people they already had a football so they could just like throw it around back behind the camera oh that's and, cool that's and, cool like you know fuck around a little bit without and necessarily while they're setting up scenes and things like so well along uh, what i was gonna say was with those group scenes like i like i 
I was thinking I'd imagine they were harder to film or they would take longer to film or whatever. Yeah. But there were a lot of group scenes in this movie. A lot. Like, uh, like a huge portion of this movie was just like large groups of people, which is kind of unusual, especially for a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the group scenes were fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, I noticed that. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about the, 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 yeah, the rehearsing and the comfort level where it's like yeah. when they do get, when they do get to rehearse, they do get these group scenes going. It's, it's just, it's a big, happy group that are enjoying the part, you know? That familiar that familiarity allows for greater commitment. And when you have greater commitment, that allows for greater performances as an actor. Definitely. And yeah. it shows through this. There's a lot of commitment in this film to bits, to everything. Um, Vince Vaughn also mentioned how at that dinner scene, it's really tough to act like you're getting jagged off in front of <laughs> like 12 other actors <laughs> at that dinner scene. And everyone else has to stay straight. Yeah, and so he's like, he just had to commit and just let it go. <laughs> he's like, but he, but he's able to do it. Holy shirts and pants. Holy <laughs> shirts and pants is the name. <laughs> uh, before we like get further into the movie, though, I want to dive into, because it's wedding season, talking about wedding experiences as like because this film i i i not to get like too into like the toxic masculinity aspect of it but there is a sense of just like when as a wedding guest especially as a a heterosexual male wedding guest there's a sense of i would really like to hook up with a very pretty female who consents to hooking up with me tonight <laughs> like that is <laughs> that is always in the, like you know the back of the way and i know you had your experience i think you mentioned it in an early early podcast where uh there's a new year's eve wedding right oh like, yeah 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 there was a, yeah a new year's eve wedding <laughs> where I, I of course like hit on a bridesmaid where it was like of course that's what i'm gonna do like that's I'm single at a wedding and I'm young. Like, isn't that what's expected of me? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that vibe. I was thinking the same thing while watching the movie was that there, there's such a, I, I mean, girls can, can probably correct me. I can't speak from the female point of view, but I know from my point of view, when you go to a wedding, it's just that weird air over it where it's just, it's like, it's like adult summer camp. In a way. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like everything is just sort of like, I, I put it's situated in a way where it's just like, Hey, we're going to fuck off with real life for yes. 24 hours. You're all removed and, from reality a bit. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to show up for like a rehearsal dinner, then it's going to be 48 hours of fucking off with reality. Right. And then on right. Sunday, when you wake up with a hangover, then you realize, oh, fuck, I'm back to real life. Then yeah. The, that Friday and Saturday, fuck everything and everyone. We're going to not live in this world. Yep. 
and you're you're like you're part of this small subsect of humanity you know this group that is all going through the same experience with you so it's like you're you're all kind of like for the weekend sharing this experience yeah which i think yeah and i think that altruistic vibe is kind of the underlying aspect of the, the main characters in the movie where they're not just trying to have sex with really pretty females right it's a main component but they also want to just go off into that fantasy land. Like they want to be in that fantasy world of everything, you know, and they mentioned how the director had like, they did so much with the wedding scenes and they did a lot of like rehearsing and a lot of singing. And they said like they were sick of the song shout because they had to (laughs) sing it so much. And like at one in the morning when you're dead tired, you've been filming for so long and now you have to jump up and sing shout again. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, the it was a good job by the director to force that because it shows that is they're not just, you know, hounding they're, these females. They're also adding to the wedding. Like they're exactly they're put the cake. They're helping, you know, dance. They're being real like they're doing magic tricks and making balloon animals for the kids. And like they're just a big ball of fun within this wedding and just adding to it as opposed to just leeching off of it for exactly, you know, and you know, and it's just, they're, they're there for the experience. And then they're also adding to the experience. Um, But, and I think, I think that's what makes weddings such a potent event for not only obviously the couple getting hitched, but, that's why people love going to weddings is because you yeah. get to you get to celebrate with the couple and you get to do it in your own way. Like it's a weekend to kind of just, you know, step back and enjoy just having fun, you know, or just partying, just celebrating. You know, one one wedding that I really got away on. Uh, I mentioned it early in a podcast that I would bring up. Oh, the story yeah. You owe us a story. Through the actress episode, so uh, I, I won't name names. I will. Uh, I, I mean, other than uh, the groom who had nothing to do with you know my wingmaning or anything, but uh, shout out to Greg. He's got, he's got a kid with his wife now. Um, he's an Everton soccer fan, so <laughs> shout out Greg. Um, he is now a practicing you know family. Uh, doctor uh he was doing his uh this is a riveting story already man get to the wedding we want to hear it you literally interrupted me on how i was segueing over you just wasted time there oh Um, my god yeah he was doing his medical school at ohio state in columbus which is where the wedding was that's where he met his wife okay Uh, so i uh and I had visited you beforehand because I was like, if I'm going to the Midwest, I'm going to stop by Chicago because at the time I was living in Oregon. I was like, I'm going to stop by Chicago. I'm going to see my buddy Max. And then and it was my second time visiting Chicago. And then I was like, I'm not going to go over to Columbus. So I took a few days off work. So I showed up there Friday. I'm not a groomsman. I'm just a wedding guest. Uh, but the best man and I and Greg all grew up in high school together. So the best man and I are really good friends. Uh, 
and he's also about to have a kid with the girl. Shout out to him. <laughs> They're all becoming dads now. This is just funny. <laughs> um, so, uh, so wedding crashers uh, part two. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the grooms. So uh, the groom's parents decided to pay for the groomsmen's rooms, um, and my buddy, the best man, worked it out with the groom's parents because they knew me as well um, from high school that they if to get a double, so like two beds in a room. So I'm staying in the in the best man's room and just basically drinking all Friday. <laughs> While they're doing like the rehearsal dinner and everything else, I'm just drinking alone. <laughs> like after the rehearsal dinner, I meet up with them down at like the hotel bar. Then that's where everyone kind of gets to meet for the first time, and I meet all the you know principal characters and make friends. Mm-hmm. And that first night, um, get super duper trash. Wake up the next morning, the wedding morning, and the best man and I are not feeling great <laughs> we are hungover uh, but uh they, you know it's one of those nicer hotels that gives you free breakfast in the morning but like it's an actual like they got like breakfast sandwiches and like eggs and like mm. breakfast continental breakfast All right. deal so we wake up like five hours after stopping drinking still drunk probably um and uh once we like we get our food and we're sitting downstairs eating it alone because it's like 7 a.m it was one of those like you got so drunk that you woke up early (laughs) (laughs) i fucking hate those (laughs) i know but then you're just like well i'm already up might as well go get some fucking breakfast before i go back to sleep yeah and god uh and then we meet uh, a lovely wedding guest who's you know uh the cousin of the bride who uh yeah she is uh like turning 21 in like 10 days sort of thing um, um. And so she so basically her like she's staying in a room with like her parents and she can't and, get drunk at the wedding well no that's the thing her parents are cool parents and they're just like you're basically 21 so you can go ahead and drink with everyone at the wedding and oh damn so she was also hungover as hell. <laughs> she uh, she was like uh, like that twenty year old, almost twenty one year old hungover. She had been drinking like uh, dark rub. Like remember, remember Captain Morgan's Kraken? Oh like, God, no! Like spice rum? Yeah, that's what she was. Oh. She was like, yeah, unleashed the Kraken on me. I almost threw up at my table. Like, (laughs) anyway, uh, fucking goddamn spiced (laughs) rum. Yeah, but the best man and I, we chat her up. I I like her. I think she's cute, and so I'm just like, well, you know, I when at the wedding reception, I'll see if I can make a move, see if she's into me, and then we'll see what happens, sort of thing. Um. So, and the best man's like, that's fine. I'm going to, you know, check out with these bridesmaids. I'll be with them all day. See if I can play some groundwork, whatever. Um, so when a reception comes through and um, it basically uh, the best man finds out all the bridesmaids are basically in relationships. So he's just <laughs> like, all right, well, that's not happening. Um, so Those, See, that's bullshit. That is not good wedding planning <laughs> on the bride's part. 
okay? <laughs> You're telling me you can plan ahead and figure out every little bit and piece of the goddamn flower arrangement on the table, but you can't think ahead and have at least one single bridesmaid? <laughs> it's just not you're not being conscientious of your you're not uh, being a good host yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, so uh, what was also cool about this wedding and one of the reasons i was excited about it was that they had set it up to where they had buses slash trolleys taking people from the hotel where everyone was staying to the church and then back to the hotel, and then when the reception was happening, to the reception and back. Okay. So they had designated buses taking you to and from places. So it's like, I don't have to worry about driving anywhere. <laughs> I would be drunk off my ass. Like, <laughs> like, I was like, when they go into the, when Bobby O'Toole, or, or Bobby O'Shea, famous <laughs> O'Toole, I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> Just like, that was me. Um, so, we get to the reception. They have, you know, bride's cocktails, groom's cocktails, and then beer. And so the groom's cocktail, because my buddy Greg doesn't play around, it's Evan Williams whiskey and Coke. Damn. <laughs> it is. like, And they put it in a tall glass, a tall, slim glass. So we're talking. Yeah, the good ones. Yes. Like an eight-ounce eight glass, maybe 10-ounce glass. So, like, it's like a can of Coke, basically. Um, like fit into this glass if you were doing a can of coke, but right, we were not doing a can of coke. We we're doing half a can of coke and the other half part of Evan the Williams. Glass, Evan Williams. <laughs> and then I, I tip the bartender early. I make friends with her, so whenever she sees me, she knows right away. Start pouring it and like chatter up a little bit, grab my drink, whatever. Dude, and see, her- you know what is up. That folks, that is what you do when you go to a wedding. The first round, you go to the bartender, you give him a big tip, and you talk him or her up. Yep. Then you, you got some damn it. good drinks the rest of the fucking night. Yeah, exactly. So that that was that was the move, and so um, this is just a really cool building. I I, I think it was like a bird conservatory or something in Columbus. I don't know. Oh just, yeah, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Because you were over by the convention center, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a little south of it, yeah. Because, yeah. like, you can see the downtown area from behind, like, the where the wedding table was set up, where the wedding party was, right behind them was the skyline of downtown. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think you guys were in Short North, um, which, which is, like, the, it's, like, a really cool part of town in between, like, Ohio State campus and downtown there you go yeah so that's where we were uh-huh. nice but yeah that's a uh, great area yeah. so um now this uh this so i'm getting yeah i'm just having drinks we're we're chatting we're you know, messing around on the dance floor there's a photo booth uh find out the cousin has a younger cousin who's like she's like 14 <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, so like she's so oh, basically she's kind of in the middle ground. So like she's hanging around us, but like not drinking or anything else like that. But you know, we we like talk to her, like treat her as if she's like up here, but like not really. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, 
But that cousin uh, asked the best man for a dance and is one of those, like in the Wedding Crashers movie, where like you dance with the flower girl and you gain the attention. Oh, of yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll dance with you. You know, it's a wedding, whatever. So they dance a little bit. And then I noticed the girl that we had met that morning that I was, you know, going to hit on, she's looking at him like, the oh, damn. Hat, like the girl in the hat. Oh, damn. At the clearing <laughs> Yo, proper, proper girl in that hat just, I fucked the shit out of me. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> she's looking at the best man like that. So, immediately, I know in my head what I have to do. It's what I do best. I, t- I put on my wingman hat in my head. Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins is playing. <laughs> and I get Danger my Zone. Ice Man on. I get my Iceman on. And I go, and after the song, I go over to my, the best man and I call him over, you know, separately. I'm like, hey, we're calling an audible. You need to get with that girl we met. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, you're the one who's interested in me. I'm like, no. Are, do you think she's cute at all? He's like, well, yeah, she's cute. I'm like, okay, then you're doing it because she was, she's completely into you. I saw the way she was like, <laughs> oh, you're dancing. It's completely 100% go for it. And he's like, well, you think so? And I was like, yeah, I know so. I'm like, you're good. Yes. So they go off to like the, I think like, the four of us, like the cousin and myself, like we kind of go out to this like lit outside part. And then slowly I kind of shepherd the, the, the younger cousin in and like leave the two of them alone. And mm-hmm. I start drinking and dancing on the dance floor. And like, we just, you know, and just like chat around with everyone else there. Um, and then I notice, like, it's been like, it feels like 45 minutes and I haven't seen the best man or that cousin, the, the <laughs> 21 year old. I need to find another the twenty one year old. We'll call her that. Call her, um, give her a name. Give her a fake name. Uh, 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 Stephanie. Let's call her Stephanie. Okay. So, yeah, it's Stephanie uh, and the best man of not. I don't know where they've been. Uh, so I just smiled. Oh, you know where that. they've been. Yeah, you, you so, know where they've been. Um, so yeah, then. Uh, they, I finally see them, and they they come back. They're coming from like the area outside, um, and then I like I go up to him like so. He's like, you know, we just made out a little bit. Uh, you know, like went for a walk and made out a little bit, and I was like, hey, nice. He's like, yeah, you know, just uh, yeah, just whatever, and like <laughs> then they keep. <laughs> like pawing at each other throughout the night and everything else. Well, as I mentioned, I was making friends at the rehearsal dinner and I was also making friends at the the wedding reception. What and one of the friends I was making was uh Stephanie's dad, who she was staying in a room with. Okay. And so he and I are, you know, drinking and chatting. So when the wedding reception ends and everyone gets in the buses to head on over to the hotel people are just like we're not done 
we're not done. Like, let's go. And we realized the hotel bar is like closed. And we're like, well, let's go somewhere else. Like, let's go downtown. And the bus people are just like, look, if we take you downtown, we're not like staying there for you. <laughs> Drop me up and then you're done. Like, you have to find your own way home. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I've made enough friends, even though these aren't people I grew up in high school with. The only ones I grew up in high school with and like know for sure coming in this weekend was the groom and the best man <laughs> and Groom's family, which are, you know, two sisters uh, and the parents. And then they're not with us. <laughs> so I am basically the role is like, I, I noticed that the best man and Stephanie head into the hotel and I got the hint and I noticed the dad is also on the bus and he's thinking about going downtown. So I look at the dad. I'm like, Hey, you and me buddy system. All right. <laughs> you and I are going downtown. We're going to go downtown drinking and we're going to make sure we get back to the hotel somehow later on. All right. <laughs> I do this because I'm like, okay, so then that there's no one wondering where <laughs> Stephanie is. Yep. So that my buddy can do his thing. So <laughs> so we all got this bus, went downtown Columbus to this bar thing. I don't know what it so was. So you, you wingmanned it to the point that you distracted the dad? It, to the point where for $5, you could get a, a fucking Jim Beam shot and a tall boy of Natty Light. So Sounds like I'm, Columbus, yeah. I'm doing shots of Jim Beam and drinking tall boy of Natty Lights with Stephanie's dad while things are happening. Damn. <laughs> Damn, that like, that's some. You need like a fucking medal for this shit. This is some A level wingmanship. And then the best part is, I get so drunk that I don't know where even the dad goes. <laughs> okay, I spoke too soon. Columbus and I don't know anyone <laughs> and I have to find a way back to the hotel uh, luckily uh, there's another person who's around age who's like a friend of the bride like at, at Ohio State or whatever uh, and he was uh, he was able to uh, <laughs> he, was, he was able to like he called a friend who drives for Uber in, in Columbus. And this is like early Uber. Like this is okay. like 24th. So I got his friend for free to drive us back to the hotel. So I'm in a car with like this guy. I barely know from the wedding reception and the two other people I didn't know. And that's how I got back to the hotel where none of them were going. They just luckily <laughs> drove me back to the hotel. It's just like, Right, so I basically got like an Uber Uber pool ride for free. And I don't know how. So you single handedly invented an Uber pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, mm -hmm. And then 
I get back to the room and I figure it's probably been long enough. Uh, and I look at like my phone, it's 3 a.m. It's about right. Yeah. Yeah. And the best part about all this, my flight leaves at 6 30 because I'm stupid. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and I, so I chat my buddy up. Uh, chat with the best man and he and Stephanie had themselves a time. That's all I'll say. But it's exactly what you would expect when they had themselves a time. Uh, and he was just very, he's like, dog, you just wingman the shit out of this. <laughs> I was like, I know, buddy. I know. And then I took an hour nap and then and then basically had to get up. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, this is yeah, hurting then, just to hear this part. Ugh. And the best part is my flight went, because I was cheap and stupid, went from Columbus to Dallas. And then and there was a three-hour layover in Dallas. Jesus. And then it went to Portland. Oh my god! And the best part is in Dallas. I was like, oh, I'll give myself like two, three. When I was planning this flight, I'm like, I'll give myself some time just in case I have to like go to a different gate or something. The gates that were related to where I had to take off were literally like two doors away from each other. Like, fuck! I'm just gonna sit here, be hung over as fuck. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, and then of course, what ends up happening is on the flight, I start chatting up with the girl. Who I ended up sitting beside. How were you even capable of coherent sentences? Uh, I I got enough of a nap in that layover, but she and I ended up chatting uh, the whole flight. It's so where we ended up chatting at least beforehand to the point where uh, I got offered a seat with like no one beside, like a next some extra room, and I felt like uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm having a conversation. I'll I'll go ahead and stay here, and mm. yeah. And then when we landed, we acted like we didn't know each other because that's how my romantic life goes. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly how plane rides go. There have been, there have been several, I had completely forgotten about that until you'd, you'd mentioned that, but there were several girls that I would like flirt with in the airport and then they'd be on the plane and then we'd like, you know, we'd flirt on the plane or something, and then as soon as you land, it's like you never fucking met. <laughs> yep. And I'm just yeah. like, well, I guess this is kind of a code. Because the plane itself is like a miniature wedding. You're all grouped in there, trapped in that reality for a few hours. Yep. But, wow, well, fuck, man, that's a great fucking story. I mean, aside from the hell of a goddamn miserable plane ride, it would have been going back. But yeah, Jesus, can you? Are you one of the people that can sleep on planes? Yes. Okay. Were you able to get any sleep? Uh, I don't remember the Columbus to Dallas plane ride. (laughs) Also, because it's Columbus to Dallas on a Sunday morning at six a.m., there was no one on the flight. So I literally sat in the middle seat with no one on either side of me and I lifted the armrests up 
and I put the seatbelt on, and then I just slept. Like I leaned, <laughs> I leaned forward, and I literally I just slept like a, <laughs> like I was like just like put my head in, like um, a stuffed toy. You just yeah. like hunched yeah. over like a yeah. teddy bear. I just straight up over like a goddamn stuffed teddy bear. Like that for like the hour and twenty flight, and then I slept for most of like or as much of the layover as I could, and then I would have slept more, but then I started chatting up with that girl, which, and then when I got back to my my pad, um, I don't, I think I got invited to like go out to lunch so i met some people up for lunch and then i like after eating a meal i was like i have to go home and sleep for 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> i'm so hungover tired anyway oh my god <laughs> yeah that's that story um so Jeez. weddings wedding yeah, wedding everything um fuck so, that's a good yeah, one they're the type of stories that these guys create in the wedding crash but as i mentioned earlier like 43 minutes that's all pretty much done like other than the wedding at the end and then like the bit the sad montage of you know the next wedding season of yeah on trying to crash on his own you know they don't really talk about weddings nearly as much and then it becomes the rom-com and if we look at it that way, and we look at the second half of the film, how did you think, or what was your opinion of the Rob Cobb part of the film? Um, hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought of it from that perspective of like actually dividing it up. Because I always, because yeah, the first 45 minutes stand out so much that, there's so many good lines in it. Um, hell, even the the second half, there's tons of great lines, but none of them are actually part of the rom com storyline. Yeah. They're yeah. like Vince Vaughn coming out of the bedroom in the morning for brunch, you know, like that has nothing to do with the rom com. Yeah, you could legit cut off the first or cut the first twenty five minutes down into like a two to three minute including credits introductory scene of these guys going to a wedding. You don't even have to really say so much about it and just have them going to the Cleary wedding and then go from there. Like, you know what I mean? Like the wedding crashers part and like all the fun stuff and all the fun bits at the beginning are not necessary for the actual rom-com part. No, no. But I do think that's part of the fun of the film and like what's remembered fondly of it exactly and now that you've dissected a little bit and mentioned that you can divide it up if i took the two pieces apart the just the comedic portions and then just the rom-com portions mm-hmm. i think i'd prefer the comedy i mean the rom-com storyline isn't bad. I, I love Rachel McAdams to death. Like, Oh, she's, I, I mentioned so high. Oh Rachel my God. Dude, this, this movie, like I fucking fell hard for that character. Yeah. 
and I, that that's one of the things we bonded about yeah yeah how adams and wedding crashers was like the perfect girl she is so fucking perfect at the time oh my god now as i watch it i think to myself i don't know if i got time for someone who doesn't know what she wants in life (laughs) (laughs) as i watched it today i'm like you're pretty but i ain't got time (laughs) 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 that's what adulthood has done to me well i i actually used to think that I was like, well, I love everything about her, but, you know, I, that kind of worries me. And I know what I want out of life. Now that I've grown up and I've gotten, I've spent so much time like on a certain track, you know, working towards that career goal. Now that I got it, it's more of like, oh, I spent all that time following a direction that I thought was right. But now I'm wondering if I missed out on some, some things. Like she says at the beach, with Owen Wilson's character. And she's just, she said something of the, of the like, where she was like, you know, you feel like you're supposed to do this. And instead you maybe want to do something else. I don't know. Something along those lines, but like that, I actually kind of fucking get like, (laughs) I get it from a new perspective now. Yeah. And it's more, I, I, I mean more of like the whole, being worried about not knowing what you want from life. I feel like life in and of itself is giving in to like just going with the flow, <laughs> like yeah, riding the wave and understanding that it's okay to have goals. It's nice to have goals and you should try to reach those goals, but also understanding that at, at the end of the day, life is about reaction as opposed to action and goals don't always goals are not going to be the things that bring you joy out of life achieving those goals is not going to bring you happiness it's because even if you do achieve it you still have to know how to enjoy it once you achieve it and that involves knowing how to live in the moment yep so with uh, i mean we love rachel mcadams you and mm. I, you know, we, we mentioned on that, but we've really uh, fucking loved her. About, God, she's fucking I already, amazing. I already talked about how I felt about her as an adult with like the whole, you know, not knowing what, like, it just kind of the, the faraway looks of just being in being places, but not being places. And I think that's partly because of who her boyfriend at the time is, which we will get to very shortly. Yes. Um, yes. But. What did you think of Rachel McAdams, like the actress, like compared to, you know, other female leads we've seen or just other rom-com characters we've seen, female rom-com characters we've seen? Um, I mean, I, I liked her. I thought she was, she, I don't know, maybe it, it's hard for me to completely disconnect Rachel McAdams from this character because this was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is necessarily the first Rachel McAdams character I saw, but it's the most, certainly the most potent. Like when I first saw this movie, like I completely fell in love with Rachel McAdams character. Like, Oh uh, oh my God. Like everything from like the cute, you know, like tiptoeing down the hallway, her fucking smile at the football game when they're lining up 
you know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah, and she's like, I want to be on you like white on rice. Yes. Oh, my God. The smile that she flashes in that scene was like kryptonite to me when I was younger. Yeah. And it's still like rewatching it today. I was just like, oh, she yeah. She has a fantastic smile oh in this movie. So yeah. adorable. And um, yeah, it's intoxicating to look at. Yes. Um, it, it, she carries that kind of attitude and, and vibe throughout the whole movie, which I think is a lot of Rachel McAdams, too. So I think a lot of her own, you know, her skills or her personality come through in the character, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because it's Wedding Crashers instead of, you know, like a more, I don't know, maybe an older or more more culturally widely accepted rom-com, then I don't put her on the same plane as we put, you know, like other, a lot of other female leads. Um, does that make sense? I, like, Yeah, I would, I think it's a little more easy to point, point out who, who, what, and why. And it's a matter of the writing itself. Like the rehearsing and the directing is done well, but the script writing is done in a way where it's just like, you can see that these are males, writing a female love interest as opposed to writing a character who happens to be female. Oh, that's a really good point. The the females kind of just like, they, they do their best with, you know, Gloria and with Claire, but it, it's just, they represent an idea more than actual people. Like Claire's the most developed in that, she doesn't quite know what she wants, but she knows she wants to like help the environment somehow, but it's not necessarily dived into, dove into that much. And she laughs at John's jokes and they have the same quirky sense of humor. So therefore right. they are in love. It's, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all we get. Um, you know, and then Gloria is, you know, she plays a, you know, sex obsessed virgin, quote unquote, and who has gotten a taste of sex and now is all about it. And then it's like in the end, oh no, she actually was, you know, she's actually just said it because she's figured that's what guys want to hear, but she digs Jeremy and she's very impetuous and very, yes. And then and all of a sudden now she just kind of plays this whole, you know, like just go, go, go kind of monster. Uh, <laughs> like character <laughs> yeah yeah but, you know it, it yeah but there's no like there's there's not a lot of yeah what what made them that way why there's not a lot of depth there's not a lot of depth there yeah it's not because the movie's already two fucking hours there's not right. a lot of time to do anything because like you said the first half of it is just a comedy it's just building up the comedic yeah. aspect and then they introduce the story the love story and even I mean, then, the love story is still very much intermixed with the comedic storyline because you're focusing on Jeremy's efforts throughout all this too, where he's getting molested in the middle of the night by both Isla Fisher's character and the brother. Like, you know, the, you're following many storylines, so the the love interest takes a very back seat. Yeah, and on top of all that, like, if we look at John and Jeremy why are they doing this? Like we, we talked about, we talked about that's true. Yeah. The benefits of, you know, going to a wedding and being able to transport yourself. But like, 
what's really behind it? I mean, they make a joke of how he's every birthday with John, like Jeremy stays with John because John's parents died in an accident and he was an only child. And then Jeremy basically said, I'll never leave you. That's a really tragic backstory that they just play for a punchline to get to the other punchline just to tip, just for a second, just to see how just it feels. Just to see how it feels. Like, yeah. <laughs> what kind of backstory is that? Which is a hilarious like, fucking scene, by the way. But Yes, but that's a huge black backstory to gloss over. And at the same time, how do they grow up together? Like, you know, there's... You know they're best friends and everything, but like they do just enough to kind of like say this is kind like this is the thing, but they don't say why that's a thing. Like this is a thing, but it's, we are going to tell you why. Yep, it's okay. enough. It's enough information to make you accept the movie at face value, but not really like enough to truly like acknowledge that it's believable. But. One character whose backstory you don't really need because you know this dude. He's just a rich, pretentious fuckface from a oh prominent, fucking God. prominent family. His Bradley Cooper, aka the, do they call him the Sack or Zach? Sack. I still don't know. Sack. The Sack Man. They call him the sack man. Sack That's man. what we call a sack lunch. So this was. Watch this, this. Go ahead. Go this ahead. was the first Bradley Cooper role I'd seen, and it took mm-hmm. me a while to trust Bradley Cooper again. That's how fucking believable he was in this role. You know what I was thinking watching this film is how the fuck did he not win an Oscar? <laughs> right? Like, he fucking I legit, it. Like, He deserves an Oscar for this performance. He is so good in this goddamn movie as an actor. It's ridiculous. So, so good. My God. And to see him in so many roles since that are nothing like it. Like, yeah. he should get, like, a retrospective Oscar. Like, they should go back and be like, oh, now that we see where you've come... Like, okay, here's, like, we're going to go back and give you an Oscar for that now. Because, like, fuck, man. Dog, how did they know? 2006 Oscar winners is what I was about to search. Google. I just typed in 2006, and then it came up with it. Okay, this was the year Crash Google, won. Google is listening. I know. <clears throat> This is the year Crash won Best Motion Picture. So oh, that was such bullshit. Everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Um, this is also... This is George Clooney's only acting award. He won for Best Supporting Actor in Syriana. Really? I don't know what Syriana is. Okay. But also, he only has one. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's surprising. George Clooney. Yeah. Only has one Oscar. He has a lot of nominations, but he only has one. Uh, so it was a political thriller drama that he was in. Um, you know what? I don't care. Take his away and give it to Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper deserves Seriously. Best Supporting Actor 
for oh his brawl in Lenny Crouches. He is so good oh as the dick. He is like, so good. Like it's we, funny. He is so funny. Like, but also just the way he puts down Claire throughout the movie in just the perfect. I've seen that douchebag fuckface oh in life. I've seen it from. I've seen it in bars. I've seen it here. I've seen it there. I've seen it on social media. Like, I've seen that dismissive fuckface in so many places, and he plays it perfect to a T. It is incredible. Girls, don't don't, don't how, settle how for pieces it. of shit like that. I don't care how he looks. Don't settle for that shit. Yeah. And guys, don't fucking do that. Come on. Yeah. 100%. Grow the fuck up. Stop being a dick. <laughs> Stop making it look bad for the rest of us. Stop being a douche. <laughs> Just be cool, man. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Just but uh, it does make us love and hate this character. I mean, like we we talked about our love for Rachel McAdams. We talked mm-hmm. about the main characters. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good supporting fucking characters in this movie. Yeah, there's Christopher Walken doing his Christopher Walken thing. Um, <laughs> it's it's fun. It's not necessarily his like greatest performance or anything. I feel like they could have gotten a lot of actors to play that, and it would have worked. But it was fun. Death, you are my bitch lover. That, that's right, Todd. Tell that notion. <laughs> Flips him off. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Seymour was pretty fun. Yep. Um, that, Even the, that, but, those... the the butler is he a butler? The the yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Randolph. Yeah, played by Ron Canada. He was uh, re- he was really good. You banging uh, the daughter and the grandma? <laughs> that's in the uncorked version. That wasn't in the original theatrical. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think all I've ever seen is the uncorked version. No, that can't be yeah. true. Never mind. Um, and then... Fucking sack. Uh, you know what else happens in that? Because uh, that reminds me, when he's carrying the grandma in the uncorked reminds me of also the, the scene in that same hallway for Sparks. Yes. Uh, Sparks, which... Is a it's it's a really that's a really good rom com scene. Yes, absolutely. Uh, when Rachel McAdams, when Claire and John go to each other's doors without like knocking on it and look at the doors. Yep. But they can't like, sleep. Yeah, like that's actually a pretty good scene. Such um, a good fucking scene. Oh my god! Yeah. Great song choice. Great yes. scene. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that scene. So. What do you think is the kiss between those two? Are we jumping to the kiss already? I mean, what else is there to really go over? We didn't discuss Isla Fisher. I mean, we spoke briefly about Gloria. Well, Isla Fisher plays Gloria very well. Very fucking um, well. Like, extremely well. <laughs> like, that performance is really good, too. Like... I feel like it just goes again to the rehearsal thing. Like it's easy to commit and go that big with that character. Yep. When you already set a base, like there's no, there's no question about it. You know, you also, you know, played with all the other people, 
all the other players. So now, you know, I could go this far and they'll be okay. You know, so I could go this far. I could do this. I could do that. And I know that they're going to be okay. And they're going to also go with me. And so her performance was just so well done. It's so well done. Like she had so many, she had so many like, um, unscripted comedic moments like her like she didn't even have to be saying things to be funny when she was stomping around in front of i was literally thinking that when you mentioned that oh stopping and and holding your breath is like she's trying to get him to go oh my god uh christopher walken's approval for it uh then there's also uh just the the looks like when she's walking away after the whole, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Down, she like, yeah. Kind of looks back and smiles yes. again. Yes, yes. Her like her facial expressions are so yes. fucking convincing in this movie. Yeah. Like the, the scene where she's treating him on the toilet, and yeah, she's like, "Don't ever leave me. I won't." He goes, she goes, "Good, because I'd find you." Like that, but also, like she, like she could be. Like, not only, like, that baby talk or, like, unhinged talk, but also just in general that, like, when she comes up to him and asks for a sports car in the very first time that they meet when she asks for a sports car, balloon animal. Yeah. And then he offers the dance and she says, that's what I really want. Like, she says that like a normal, quote, unquote, normal, you know, sensual, like, sexy female way. Yeah, and then she could also say that she could also deliver lines like "I find you," and also <laughs> deliver lines about uh, the language she had with the she she had like so many deliveries, and all of them were good <laughs> for her life. <laughs> yeah, just incredible. You're right. We should we should give her credit. Who's let's go this way? Who's better in the film just as a performance isla fisher or rachel mcgavin Ooh, 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 oh this is hard this is like sophie's choice yeah because let's let's yeah let's provide a statistical merit to something that's totally objective who's better hmm i don't know i'm biased because i oh my god i love rachel mcadams in this movie so much um the way she created a foundation for the perfect girl for me is, is incredible. <laughs> um, I, get, I get all that, but at the same time, the performance that I know I'm torn. I'll I'll tell you who won. Isla Fisher won. That was the performance. That was an actual performance. Yeah. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams did a very good job performing what was given to her, and. She was given a little bit more to play with, and she did it well. But someone who actually like took the <laughs> everything on the script and made it, created it. That was Isla Fisher. She created something yeah. that could not have come off of the page. Like, it, agreed. It's just, yeah. yeah, I mean but, that's that's not to take away from Rachel McAdams' character either, because like, oh yeah. She, she played that role exactly how she was supposed to. She was playing the lead yeah. lady that was supposed to be a little more mature and normal and, and yes. lovely. And then we just got a 
we just happened to to luck out with an extra good fucking side performance by Isla Fisher. I I I would liken it to like um like a children's book. Where Rachel McAdams is a very pretty hand drawing on a page, and Isla Fisher's performance is a fucking pop up book. <laughs> it's just oh, there's so many more dimensions. Like whoa, this isn't this is this took a lot more. This was a lot more effort in work to make this. So yeah. Oh uh-huh. my god. But yeah. Uh, as of it, I mean, there's not much else to really talk about. We can go down into the kiss. Well, uh, let's talk about how love is the soul's counterpoint in the other. That's a nice line, but it's full of shit. It's so full of shit. Yeah. I mean, well, there that is was also, that, that line also, is stupid, but there is I, there is a little bit of truth, I think, to the, that. The that line is the foundation that line is the foundation of the relationship between John and Claire in the movie. Right. Is right. that they recognize each other as their, the counterpoint and like it's so there's souls counterpoint. That's why they can't stop thinking about each other. And it's just like, okay, cool. I get it. That that's what you're portraying in the movie. You know, I, d- um, I didn't even think of this till now, but you know, I used, I used that line in an interview for like U of O's newspaper. walking around campus one day oh wow and i think it was like yeah it was like the school newsletter or the uh and it wasn't the school newsletter it was like the you know board of you know board of admissions newsletter or something like that i don't know something that they fucking did some student-led thing this guy came around and he's like hey what do you what do you think is the definition of love and I was just on the spot, and I was just like, "Love is the soul's recognition of its counterpoint, another." And he goes, "Wow, that's so poetic." And I just looked at him like, "Are you fucking you kidding me? Are you like, I got I actually got away with this shit? Really?" Should have pointed at him and said and yelled, "Nerd!" <laughs> and then danced him, and then and then ran away. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I... (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Oh. That's incredible that you used that for him. I didn't know what the hell else to say. It was the first thing that came to my mind. But then afterwards, I was like, did I really just do that? Did I really just get away with that? (laughs) Yes, you did, sir. Yes, you did. Uh, anyway the kiss uh, let's go into the kiss yeah i think the kiss is the one on the beach i think so too yeah i think out of the out of the two um technically three but two wait what's because, the third one well because the kiss that they share in the church then it does one of those things where it's it shows them kissing and then switches to them in the back of the car uh, oh so yeah yeah like like technically if we're being real like they would have had to kiss again in the car and then so that's technically a third kiss that's which why I which to that's briefly why I hate those you hate what i hate that in a movie where it's just like oh like the the background like it's they look the exact same but the background changes behind them or um someone's having a conversation 
and then they just carry the conversation on from a different setting. Like time, as if time has moved forward, but they're still talking about the same fucking thing. It's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway. Dude, you can't love knows no bounds. Shut your mouth. <laughs> But to briefly remark on that kiss, I, I did love that kiss. The end kiss in the church. Yeah. You know, is it cliche yeah. if I kiss you? Or, you know, some, whatever he says. Um, it would be cliche if I kiss you right now. She says, yes. And then they kiss. Like, the whole look that she gives him is perfect. I thought that was a great moment, especially for her acting. Like, yeah. it's like a, I, I don't know how to feel anymore, but I know I feel good with you. And I'm yeah. just going to stand here and just give in because I don't know what else to do. I will it was say a the great moment. And it's it, also another thing. The ending speech was good from Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, but I did. It was the total he, rom-com moment. The whole scene was perfect. Yeah, but it was also delivered in a way where it's just a very real centered way that you would deliver a speech like that. Where he's like, you know, and is wedding crasher what aggression you moral and bad and she's like empathetic and it's like that actually is probably the perfect word for it but yeah. it also led me to you so i can't be completely dismissive of it you know and then he, and then he also sloppily brings up that he went for funeral crashing with jazz yep <laughs> then, he's cleaning up yeah Oh, that's who we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about Chaz. Oh, fuck, yeah. The greatest uncredited performance in the history of film. He's uncredited? Will is uncredited as Chaz, yes. Oh, my God. I, it's just like he's on film at, on a, in a film that's two hours. He's on in the last 20 minutes for about three minutes of film time, maybe four. And he has at least five lines that can like, Oh, like more is, than a memorable line a minute. Is what like is she, rate, what is she doing back there? I never know what never she's know. doing back there. The meatloaf. Like the, Ma! Meatloaf. the meatloaf. Fuck. <laughs> Ma, we want, we want the meatloaf now. <laughs> Oh, fucking, I mean, the, the, oh, hey, look, I'm hang gliding. Oh, I'm dead. Dude like, died to get hang gliding accident. What an idiot. Just <laughs> fucking, yeah, uh, you don't know how, how close it was to nunchucking you. Man. Oh, yeah. I almost nunchucked you. You don't even realize. Uh, no. <laughs> There's, and then just the, uh, oh, oh. Oh, damn you. Damn it. Damn, damn you, Roger. <laughs> Fucking God. He's so funny in just such a short period of time. Oh, my God. And then the humping. I was like, he's oh, like, yeah. Oh. And the guy that the old man who's horrified by it at the end. Yeah. And like also just the, the fist up, like living the dream. Like after he. Yeah. Was, Oh yeah, yeah. He just does <laughs> a little dance. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my god, just so so good. Oh, oh anyway. my god, that's we've talked about Chaz now. Anyway, All right. 
yeah, as we mentioned, the speech at the end is good, and it's a nice aspect of that kiss, but the real kiss is the kiss on the beach. That one, I feel like what's remarkable is that you can tell why John is interested in Claire. And the whole way you're seeing it from John's point of view. So it's all, it almost feels unrequited in a way. Like he's trying to woo her and you're thinking she's starting to get into him. And, you know, you saw a little bit like the spark scene, Mm -hmm. but you're also, but you haven't fully as an audience member been convinced that she's into him. Right. He's into her. Right. I mean, and then, after their talk on the beach, when it comes to the kiss, we talk about that 90-10. She's the one going the 90. Yeah. You notice that. Yeah. Because he, he, like, says his line. It's an indistinct conversation where they act like they're talking about something deep, and I couldn't tell you a fucking word of their conversation. Yeah, I couldn't either. Like, I know that there's some sort of talk about what they want out of life and everything, but they say such indistinct words, and it really doesn't yeah. matter in the grand scheme of things. That it I wasn't can't the tell greatest discussion. That di- I can't tell you word of that dialogue, and I've seen this film multiple times. Yeah, but I it do wasn't. Know that it was not a good rom com discussion. No. Yeah, and that also kind of goes into how much we really cared about these characters, which, yeah, as a rom com, is not a great sign. But right. Nonetheless, like she kisses him and that was kind of your like and that's when you were no oh okay it goes yeah. both ways yeah that's good um, well and the way she she looks at him and lingers before too where she's just like true. staring at him in reaction to whatever he said yeah and this is after a really fun bike ride with yeah still doesn't excuse that it's cheating but i mean yeah there's that. I knew he'd bring that up. Much like Selma Hayek, he always liked to bring that up. <laughs> um, but, uh, I would give that kiss. I, I love the setting of it. I, I, I would give it a B, though. I, I, just a B. Solid B. I would, too. That's yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's a good kiss. But I actually, I, I think I preferred the end kiss, actually. It's just the typical yeah. rom-com kiss, you know. Yeah, and Even there's it, a shorter in length. it's a, it's too short, yeah. But um, the whole lead up and everything is nice, and we talked about it, and yeah, and, and you know the, the passion the behind part. the kiss was better too. Like, I like the yeah, way Rachel McAdams. Yes, yeah, God, I love that. Man, yeah. he punches the fuck out of him. It's just it's so rewarding because once again. Bradley Cooper acted his fucking ass off. He did. Yes. He did. And that was such a perfect moment to to kick his ass too, where it was like Yes. Telling her to sit her sit her ass back down, like, oh my god. That still to this day makes me makes my skin crawl about his character. In the late two thousands, there was a you know, like a top fifteen movie villains. Uh like or or like movie assholes list mm. that uh, a website had made. This was like the late two thousands, so this movie was not that old. And you know, you have your typical like you know Johnny from the Karate Kid, like an right, right. 
Number two was Bradley Cooper. This <laughs> That's so perfect. Uh, I, I completely agree. He's, he's such a, I love to hate his character. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a per, it's perfect. He does it perfectly. Yes. Mm. I agree. So, well, do we have an ep- after ever after? What happens after ever after? I think what happens after ever after is, you know, what happens to the sack man. I think he <laughs> moves on. Oh, yeah. He moves on and he finds a trophy wife that he cheats on all the time. And he enters the political sphere. And right before he becomes a senator, he gets me too. What's that? Well, like everything that's gone on with like produces everything where it finds out that there's some sexual. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think his character gets caught up in a, a me too situation and ends up costing him his political career. Um, Probably with all the, yeah, the lifestyle that he's leading, even while dating uh, Claire. Yeah. With with those sluts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I laughed at that phone call scene, but. Yeah, just because of how it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, and that's what it was. It, It was a 2006 uh, top 12 movie dicks from GQ. Oh, so this was yeah. literally a year after the film. He had already, um, and I, I mistakenly said Johnny, no, it was a uh, Billy Zap, or no, no, it was Johnny, yeah. But yeah, Johnny and the Karate Kid 2 was the number one movie dick. And then Sack Lodge uh, was number two. Yep. Yep. I agree uh, with that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so. God. But he was literally behind the bad guy for the Karate Kid as the top movie dick a year after this film was made because he yeah. was that fucking good. Man. Yeah. Anyway. That's totally understandable. So it's time for the verdict. What would you give this? What would you give this film? Well, now that we've talked about it from a lot of angles that I've never thought of before, I I kind of have to give it two verdicts (laughs) oh my god legitimately legitimately i was thinking the same thing really really okay yeah i wonder if we have the same one like i don't i don't want to like necessarily continue this trend but for this movie with what we've talked about like yeah okay so what i would say is that like i fucking love this movie i've I'm ashamed to admit how much I love this movie. You know what? Fuck that. I'm not even ashamed about it anymore. It's a great movie. It's like my safe place. I've watched it more than I think any other movie. It still makes me laugh to this day. Um, laugh my ass off to this day. It, it's mm-hmm. one of, if not my favorite movie of all time, just because it's, it's my own personal interests. So with that being said, the comedic value of it and the personal value of it, I would marry it. Mm -hmm. But now that we've talked about it from a rom-com standpoint, I don't think I could marry the rom-com story. 
<laughs> yeah. So like I I love this movie and I I I have to marry it. It's one of like if like I said, if not my favorite movie of all time. Yes. But I can also acknowledge that there is another side to it that is like, well, with a deeper look, I I would uh, I would I would fuck the storyline. <laughs> yes. That is the exact same feeling I have. I marry the film because I've married the film. Like I've seen it so many times. I have so many fond memories of the line. Yes. Of reciting the lines of friends and everything else like that. But as far as a rom com, it'd be something that I'd watch once. If I was just watching the rom com part of this film, I would watch it once. I'd say I'd watched it, it was alright, and I'd move on. Yeah. It's the whole film. It's the funny parts. It's the funny bits that you come back for. It's not. Yes, exactly. The movie itself is, is, is worth rewatching. It's a great, great movie. Yes. There's so many funny scenes, but yeah, the rom-com storyline itself. Yeah. Could have used some work. Yes. So that's our verdict. Uh, you can find our social media. Our Instagram is Bromancing the Stone Podcast. And that's all one word, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. You can find our Twitter, Bro the Stone Pod, at Bro the Stone Pod. And then also my Twitter is Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So S U P R Market Sweep. And my Instagram is Relusa88. That's R E L U S A 88. And what's your Instagram, Max? You can find me on Instagram at the Lionhearted, T H E dot L Y O N H E A R T E D. Perfect. And we will continue wedding season next week with my choice. And I am choosing a film set in the wonderful city of Chicago. Ooh. My best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. Yes. I feel like I've seen that but i don't remember it who's in it I, it stars julia roberts dermot mulroney and cameron diaz what yes i don't think i've seen this wow you don't even know about it no it's a famous mid-90s rom-com a real famous mid-90s rom-com what yes like if I type in my best in Google, the first film, the first thing that comes up, not even just of anything, my best, like not suit, like dinner, like no, my best friend's wedding, nineteen ninety seven film, the first thing that comes up on Google. So, yes. What the fuck? Yes, indeed. So uh, you'll be all right. <laughs> Let's go. So we'll watch that film next week. And continue on with wedding season. But before then, I want y'all to have a great week. The tens and tens of listeners, I know that we love y'all, but we'll see you next week. See you guys. <laughs>